And um, we've prepared a few uh, alumni questions that we were gonna ask uh, Dr. Samard, and then we'll turn it over to our experts as well. So the first question, uh, which I'm asking, we wanted to start with a bit more of a, a broad question. And it's, it, you've already spoken to this a bit, but how do you see the value of the children's forests taking into account all the different factors that are important to small communities, like the ecological, the economic, as well as the cultural and scientific values? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> there's so much value. I, I, um, I mean, I grew up in a forest and, you know, everything about what I do is, is what I learned from being in the forest and growing up in the forest. I've, I've put my whole life into protecting forests. And so really when children grow up in these places, that just becomes part of them. Um, and it, it's not just like protecting forests, it's protecting all the connections in life, the connections in, in society. Even if you're, you know, your life is devoted to human relations, you learn so much about that in the forest that we are all, you know, here together, that the trees, plants, they're our ancestors and, you know, we respect them, we learn to respect them. We learn about the relations in the forest, that everything is relational. Um, that loving something is really important to protecting it. Um, and so that those fundamental um, principles of life, you know, um, you learn them from 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 our our environments, right? Like our our forest, where we live. Um, our whole lives are dependent and interdependent with these places that we live. And so, you know, there, there's no better place to do that in, than in the very home that you grew up in. Um, and so it, it's really, really important. It's, it's, it shapes you, it becomes you, you become it. So yeah, it's fabulous. Thank you. I think Mia has a question as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Suzanne. Um, the second question we have for you are, what roles, responsibilities, activities, um, that kind of thing do you envision for youth alumni and young adults in the children's forest? And can you envision how the Mother Tree Network could play a role in the children's forest, which you've already kind of spoken to as well, but some very exciting things. Yeah, so I mean, so there's, so there's kids that are in the forest learning now, I'm sure. Um, and I see that this around, you know, the British Columbia when I visit different places and how curriculum in schools, in a lot of cases moving into, into forests or into to outdoors. And that all the, you know, the things that we could otherwise learn in the classroom, you can learn all of those and even better, you know, in the forest. I was watching some kids at, um, Maple Ridge last week, and they were learning trigonometry, trigonometry by measuring the heights of trees and the angles, and you know, and um, and at the same time that you know the the next one was that they could build a tree fort in that tree, and you know, get to know that tree really intimately, and I, I'm sure that those lessons for them uh, were embedded in them much more deeply than you would learn them in a classroom. So, um, so it, it's just a fantastic place to learn. I think that for people, alumni like 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 you, Kira, Mia, Forrest, that your lives, whatever you and I hear what you're doing. And um, of course, you know, you've just built on that to to find your path. 
And I am, I'm sure you are going to make great contributions to society because you learn how societies work from being in those forests. So I, I encourage you to continue on those paths and, and, you know, and, and give back to society because you've learned, you know, from the best, right? You've learned from the trees and all the elders around you. Um, so I think we need more and more children who are connected in that way, who will continue to fight for our, our natural world. Um, and I can't remember what the other part of the question was. I think I think you just about covered it. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Um, hi. hi. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the last question that we had for you, um, which you have also spoken to a bit, um, was how do you see the children's forests in relation to the local realities of climate change? Um, and then kind of extending that in terms of like the global climate movement, like how would you situate this and like kind of what, what is perspective because you work a lot with communities. And so, yeah, just kind of seeing where Cortez is situated and yeah. You know, I think one thing like, you know, I hear from my students as well and my kids and I have two daughters who are 22 and 24. Um, who've gone through forestry school and when they um, you know when they learn about climate change it's kind of depressing right like you sit in the classroom and you're hearing all this depressing stuff and people kids especially they're like you know again and and then as soon as we start talking about solutions in the you know when I start talking about solutions it's like everybody brightens up and they start thinking again Right? And then when it goes down to the negative part, it's like you shut down and you go, I don't want to hear any more of this. And so what Cortez can offer to the world is solutions and being a, an example for the world of how you can address these things. So, you know, just having like a community research and education hub. I mean, really, like in your community, that is like, that's a, that's a beacon of hope for people. I, you know, every community that we have been in, they want that too, right? Where they can learn and be in the forest themselves and do it themselves because they have been there and living there for their entire lives as have their ancestors, sometimes for thousands and thousands of years. So, so Cortez Island can provide that pilot, if you will, you know, of this can be done. And, you know, we don't have enough of those in the world. In fact, we don't really have anything yet like that in British Columbia. So I think Cortez can be the very first one where you're doing this, right? You're protecting your children's forests. You're also managing your other forests and restoring whatever has been lost. And then people will look and they'll come and they'll say, ah, oh, this can be done in my community too. And so, so that is extremely valuable. Um, and then from another, you know, from a more of a biophysical view of climate change. Cortez is in a unique area because it's in this transition between drier and wetter part of coastal ecosystems. And when you have those ecotones, um, you have a lot more biodiversity. You have a lot, there's a lot of interesting things happen. There's a lot of energy in those ecosystems that's different than other ones that are more core ecosystems or more core central forests. Because you have these transition zones, you also have a lot of adaptability because species diversity, diversity brings is correlated with adaptability. And so as a result, as climate changes, if it's affecting part of your island in one way, you can look to those parts to learn how it's gonna change 
you know, in other places, but it can also, you can also work with the species because you've got so many unique species and diversity that that, that helps with your adapt, the adaptability of the communities as well. Species can move, you can help species move. Um, those species, that diversity to maintain it is absolutely important to continue to sequester and store carbon. Um, so, so, so that's important. You have a lot here in Cortez to for protecting and for being adaptable. I think the other thing that you that you have and that's really important is these intact forests, right? These old growth forests, they're resilient. They have certain features that protect them, right? It's like the big old Doug fir has got deep roots and thick bark. And that means that when there's fires, those old trees are going to be still there, even if there's, you know, if even if there's an unusual fire. And so, so you have a lot of inherent resistance to climate change as well as resilience, right? You, it will resist because it's got all these old trees, but it's resilient because you also have a lot of diversity. Um, so, so I think, you know, so from a climate change perspective, then just to summarize number one, it's a great example for the world in terms of education and research and as a community that's come together and to, as, as a, an example for everybody else to, fo to follow if they want. And, and secondly, that the uniqueness of the ecosystem actually provides you with a great deal of resistance and resilience to climate change that, again, others can learn from that and, and apply to their own forests and communities. Thank you. That was, it's always amazing to come back to Cortez and see everything that's going on. And it, I, I'm just so grateful that we're able to kind of see ourselves in the data. I think that's really powerful. That's cool. Yeah.